there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. OMG. So excited for today's episode. Growing up, you know, Playboy was very important to my life. I think I, did I tell the story on the podcast before. When I was a young, young child, not too young where it's inappropriate. So like probably 14, 15, um, my father, who's a dentist, his patients will him strange items. And in his will, for some reason, he left my dad the entire collection of Playboy magazines still in their packages. Can't even comprehend tr- truly what it's worth at this point. And my friend Eric, shout out Eric DeRoe, <laughs> we were hanging out in the basement. That was our fort. And we found these boxes of unopened Playboy magazines. And of course, we did what every boy would do. We ripped open the packages and tore out every single centerfold, wrapped them in tinfoil, and buried them in my backyard. So, you know, from that moment on, I knew all about the Playboy brand. You know, I read every issue, learned learned a lot of politics, stories, you know, entertainment. And I always dreamed about actually living in the Playboy mansion. And... <laughs> Obviously, it's before I could even fathom a woman like Heidi in my life to just delete that type of dream. So growing up, as I got older, my experience with the Playboy Mansion, I got invited once to go with Brody, I want to say, and his mom to like a charity event, which, you know, was still cool because they were like in costumes or whatever, but it wasn't like what you had, I don't know, I should say fantasized, but the like grotto and all the things. So I realized now looking back, there's probably different kinds of events at the Playboy Mansion. And I got to go to one that was more um, like a, like a charity event. So that was a little, well, a little, a little sad, but you know, thankfully I found Heidi, the ultimate centerfold of life. And, you know, I don't need to worry about those things anymore, but that's my, you know, connection to the Playboy brand. It's interesting growing up in Colorado. Well, at least for me at that time in a mountain town, like I didn't hear about the Playboy Mansion. I think the first time I saw was like someone wearing a little bunny and and you're like, oh, that's Playboy. And you're like, oh, you kind of don't know what it is. And in gas stations, there's like the magazines hidden in the back, you know, that nobody like as a teenage girl, I'm not like, ooh, what's back there? And like, try to look like, whatever, you know, so it wasn't even whatever. It wasn't like anything for me growing up. Um, 
But then moving out here in LA and you hear everyone's like, go into Playboy Mansion. Anyways, the reason we're talking about this is we have Crystal Hefner is going to be our guest today. And we're excited to talk to her. The last time I saw Crystal was when she had just broken off the engagement with Hef. Both of us saw her and she came to my Vegas pool party and her and I, we hung out and, you know, it wasn't like she wasn't there too long. She was on her own. Was that the weekend she called off? Like, yeah, I think she, that was the weekend she called kid. off. It yeah, was. You should thank her for that clout she it shared. It was. It was a big deal. It went everywhere. Um, and it was fun to see her there before that we had met her at the mansion because we went to the Halloween party and we also went to like a different party there. I forget what it was. I think it was more of like See, a towards the end there, they were like, there were parties that just like you could pay if you were like a company to like have a party at the Player Mansion. They weren't right. half parties. Like even yeah. that Halloween party was like a sponsored event from some brand like it once it became like the playboy enterprise like and he no longer so we never went to like a playboy party yeah there was nothing inappropriate going on it was literally like a club yeah like, was like, like a like vegas a club. club or whatever yeah nothing inappropriate Heidi nothing inappropriate been... was going on um but who knows inside and we were allowed to use the special bathroom which was a big deal in the house because it had the hidden cameras in it I'm Crystal assuming. And, and the shannon twins were there she's joking um, so anyways, yeah, I'm excited to see Crystal. She has an incredible book out that is her tell all and her story. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see her insight of how she, you know, got there, was engaged. She was the one to be engaged, called it off and then came back. So that's a whole venture. And now she is on her own. It's wild quest. to think about like, you know, this generation now. They truly have no idea the power of Playboy and like what it meant. Like when you were on the cover of Playboy magazine, it still was like such a big deal, even though there was no nudity and Heidi actually turned down a half a million dollars to show nipple. That's a fact. I actually found that email recently <laughs> when I was looking for an old email. So, uh, but how big of a deal it was to be on the cover. Well, to be on the cover of any magazine back in the day was a big deal pre-social media, but then to be like, on the sex symbol, like mm-hmm. it was a big, pretty cool, honey. Yeah, it was a about hard, four thousand issues of Heidi's Playboy. It I was a hard cover to get. There, I mean, every beautiful woman, and not every beautiful in the world, in the world, but there are a lot of beautiful, strong, successful women that wanted to be on that cover. So to be one of twelve chosen that year, that was a huge notch in my belt in my career so for me that was super excited to be considered a sex symbol to be considered um you know to be a superstar to be on it because normally you are a playmate i mean they would make exceptions for, for celebrities to be famous, on it super really famous people so that was very so, exciting for me at the time to be an honorary uh member and to be paid to be hunted and Matthew Ralston to shoot it, who had just shot my Rolling Stone cover. They made so many exceptions to let me be on the cover because I wanted it shot like so taste. You know, they did a really great job. Yeah. The photographer they pitched her initially, we, you know, we saw some of his work. It looked like some of the photos that have been on my wall in high school, a little, a little bit more. Great for the brand. A little bit more shiny. Um, <laughs> Not the look of this. But we, uh, you know, for. we toned it down and made it nice and classy and Gorgeous. Yeah, and that's before there was OnlyFans and all these different things. So at the moment and at that time, and it was interesting watching that um, A&E documentary that you were watching and that 
a lot of those women, especially in the seventies felt like they were part of such a big sexual revolution. And, you know, that was interesting to hear that perspective from, you know, there was burning bras and no, the burning bra people were the feminist anti playboy. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the ones taking off their underwear. Those were the. Uh, oh, I thought they were saying like we don't need to wear bras and burning them. That was the feminist movement saying, you know, they didn't want. You should rewatch the film a little. Well, bit. I felt like you they were, both felt like they were feminists. You know. So yeah, women, exactly. In different, right, exactly. in different ways. Yeah, those were two different scenes. I'm just saying, if we're right, okay. for breaking down the. The docu. Okay. Those people I didn't really agree with Playboy. Okay. All right, there. All right, well. Heidi was multitasking. <laughs> she was definitely doing dishes and sweeping. And- but still, there was a sexual revolution going on. Anyways, now it's so different on the internet and everybody being able to just put everything out there and being able to monetize themselves and being able to be entrepreneurs and influencers. And none of that existed with the Playboy Mansion when it was such a big opportunity and for a lot of women, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know their perspective of it. Like, I don't even think I would have liked, you know, being in the grotto. Like, I bet the water was like really dirty, you know, some, like, I'm pretty like, I guess, gross. I've always wanted to know, actually, you know, what the temperature of the water in the grotto was. So Crystal Hefner is here. Okay. So anyways, we have the one, the only beautiful inside now, Crystal. And we are so excited to talk about her new book and amazing life journey that she's on. We have Crystal Hefner here and we have her incredible book. Please make sure that you check it out. Only say good things, surviving the Playboy Mansion. I think the last time we saw each other was in Vegas. Yes. And it was the weekend you called off the engagement with Hef. Yes. That was so good. And then before that, we had seen each other at the Halloween party Mm -hmm. and that was before the engagement. Yeah. And yeah, so much has happened in between. So much has happened. And I do remember that weekend, you and I were talking and you said, oh, I'm going to be going to Vegas. Do you want to come? Like, they'll give you like a host hosting kind of fee. And it's like a job. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. I'll, I'll go. And I remember being there and realizing, I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be the day of the wedding. That's right. And we were there in Vegas together. Stead, you were at That's Liquid right. Pool Party. <laughs> I don't know. Where were we? <laughs> with our beach ball. With our beach ball. Yeah. yeah. It was, was that Caesar's Palace? It was Liquid. Was that- yeah, I forget which. Um, it was liquids. That was the name. Everything's of that gone yeah, now. Yeah, it was liquid. I used to DJ like rehab at the Hard Rock. That's gone. That's right, maybe it was. I know what a what a different journey. So that was yeah, that was just that was a whole a whole thing. What made you say yes, and how did he propose to you? And then what made you think like maybe oh, not? Gosh. Or is, that's all in the book. Yeah, it's in the book and it was cool and fun there in the beginning. I remember I met you guys toward the beginning. You're at the Halloween party. You had just been in the magazine. Yes. You were in the magazine, but you didn't pose nude. Right. And I good memory. Yes. And I remember thinking, like, that is so awesome that you didn't didn't pose nude. I've been working for the last five years to get all my photos removed from the internet. Oh that sounds a little challenging. Yeah. It hasn't been too, too bad, except for the websites that are Playboy licensed. And so they've given permission, but all the offshoot random ones, Mm -hmm. um, it's been easier. But 
Yeah, I I am so glad that you <laughs> you got to do it that way. Thank you. That's, That's very good cool. confirmation. They offered me a second cover after that, and it was yeah, like you said, half, half a million, million dollars. And I said, Just for nipples. I uh, said nowadays no. you would do like fifty dollars on like, hands for nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a crazy world. It's like, like fifty dollars and a text message for a nipple, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but, but I didn't want the photos out there with my sons. And I felt like, I don't know if I have kids one day and I don't want to regret it. And I don't want to put a price on like maybe feeling that way, but it was really hard to say no to that. That's very, very, it's still hard. (laughs) (laughs) You know I mean? Like, you know, 500, there's people like starving $500,000, you know, obviously I would show my nipples very fast, but way less, but let's rewind. Let's rewind. So I, I read the, the book as fast as, you know, I read any book in college. Dad life. Dad life. But I, I read a lot of good yeah. tidbits. And one of the most interesting things I feel like if you had come along sooner in Hef's life, I swear to God, like you really were like a CEO. Like you, like you just truly were running so much. Like I felt like you had the chance to almost save the brand if you'd had more time. Like I feel like you could have pivoted when they needed to and that you just didn't have that window but it was so interesting to see the like once you're like once you left and then you came back and you got your power in the sense you said that like he knew that like you don't like I'm not scared of you in the sense like I'll leave and then you felt like okay now I can make choices and decisions and get rid of all these girlfriends that I don't (laughs) like and I just felt like you were managing so much I was like, this is like a movie. Like, it reminds me of House Bunny. Like, you come in and, like, <laughs> take over. And I feel like until you read this book, nobody knows that about, like, in that that last chapter, how you were, like, just running the show, like, business-wise, every detail. I also love that you went back and found all the albums uh, because Hef would do, like topless shots for years in the limo. He had like a camera, like open your legs. And she went and it took like hours and hours and she ripped up every single one of these like Polaroid style, like in the limo photos. And I felt like I was so gangster, (laughs) you know. Thank you. Yeah, it it did feel really nice to finally find my footing toward the end. And I don't know what it was or what really changed. Maybe it was leaving the mansion, running away and coming back. And um, but yeah, he did give me more like authority and everything and power. And I felt more in control of like my own life in a way. But but of that place. Otherwise, it was just a revolving door and things were weird and weird with the company. He finally sold it in, I think, in 2011. But he wasn't, he was involved in, in some ways still, but yeah, he did, he did kind of hand, hand the reins over to me a lot toward the end. And I did a big clear out of the house because things that he was a hoarder, things just piled up so high since 1971 is when he bought it. Um, I cleared everything out and I did find all these naked pictures. They were the, you know, the disposable camera type of thing. And there was a staff of around 70 people. And these photos were just in drawers loose, like in the attic. I don't think Hef cared about anyone's privacy because they were just this all over. Girls I recognized, girls I didn't recognize. And I just thought if I were one of them, what would I want done with these photos? So I was like, <laughs> my hands were sore. I'm just ripping them all up. And yeah, I ripped, ripped all the photos up of the girls and 
try to do what I could, my, my part, you know, I wasn't the one completely in control, but I did what I could to help. How did you enter the Playboy Mansion? Like, did you hear about it growing up? You went to a party? Like how, what was the setup for that for people who haven't? I was in college studying psychology at San Diego State and I started doing modeling on the side, but like that, the modeling where you hand like promo modeling, where you hand out keychains for 25 an hour. And sometimes I worked at Comic-Con and made more money. It was like $600 for the day. And for a young girl, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. So I got into the modeling a little bit more. And one of my friends in the modeling world, she said, there's a party at the Playboy Mansion. You could submit your photo to go. And I thought, oh, they'll, they'll never pick me. I was super shy and awkward and insecure. Um, but I submitted my photos and they they picked me. And I went up to the mansion with this girl. It was a Halloween party. I think it was the year before I met you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so I went up. Uh, I'd never seen a celebrity in my life. I'm with this girl. She's very extroverted, outgoing. We see this group of people all coming toward the cabanas. Like, oh, that must be like Hugh Hefner. So she drags me over and we were like right in front of his cabana at that point. He's inside and it's like the roped off. It's like the animal enclosure. I'm like looking in at the animals at the zoo. (laughs) Then he invited me in. My friend's waving and he like looked at me like, oh, hi, come in. So then I was in in the animal (laughs) exhibit with them and it felt surreal. It felt out of body. He asked what I did. I said I was a student at San Diego State and I guess... I felt insecure saying that. I'm like, oh, I don't have a real job yet. But that's the perfect answer for Hef. He wants right. the girls to be young. And so he said he studied psychology at uh, University of Illinois, then asked me if I wanted to stay through the weekend. That's how it happened. I, um, I remember going back to San Diego on Monday thinking, like, how do I continue with my life after that, after that experience? And he called Monday evening and asked me if I wanted to move in. So... So it was a good experience for you. That weekend was good. It was like, yeah, it was like Willy Wonka. You go and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like the the wood on the walls is carved. Yeah. Like, this is so weird. You know, I'm just used to apartments and we didn't have any money. We were just going around different apartments. I never really had a stable home when I was young. And so, so going there was just a complete, I'm like, this is how the other half live. Like the 1%. You just, yeah, I felt like, Willy Wonka. It felt like a dream. And were the Shannon twins already there? Shannon twins. Right? Because it was you and the, and yeah, we, we were close to the, I was close to the Shannon twins for a while too. I remember after that. that. I remember. But were they already there or what was that timing? They were already there. Okay. Not much more before so me. Funny. They, I think they had just turned 19 or 18 or something. They were babies. Really yeah. young. And yeah. sisters, like they're sisters and they right. were his girlfriends. Right. But they weren't the first twins. No. Right. They were he had... strong willed individuals. <laughs> they, uh, are. they were sneaking out. Yeah, they would yeah. show up with like yeah. men's shirts on yeah. and no bottoms. Oh, yeah. Like Winnie the Pooh style. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's happening? Oh, really? some, some I think they had, yeah, on our <laughs> outside. When you say baby, those are like boss baby. Those are some, I know they're young, but those are some. Like they were, they were so gangster. Fun, like, they, they were, were gangster, but I do feel they were a little lost as well. We yeah, all were. Of, yeah. So it's like Peter Pan. It's like the the lost boys. The lost. <laughs> they all congregated the mansion, right? Yeah. So yeah. it is interesting though because I feel like 
there was such a different opportunity at the mansion that you could get that now you would be an influencer or on Instagram or OnlyFans or like there's such different opportunities for girls to make money and have opportunity women, and to be honey. seen when women. women or girls. Well, yeah, both. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't have that before. I was right. in the mansion before Instagram. Um, yeah. And who you were to become or anything you wanted to be was dictated by usually an old white man, right? <laughs> and now people can take things into their own hands with OnlyFans and social media. And I think it's great. I think it's just women taking power back in their own hands. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, so absolutely. We've been watching this to like, you know, get rid of this podcast. We were watching the documentary on A&E that you're not, so far you're not featured in this documentary. Are you in any of these films that are out? And and then so many people are talking about their experience. I don't follow. I don't know if there's like beefs on TikTok and your thought. Like, so I'm there was not TikTok like a loaded, beef? No, I don't know if this is oh. a loaded question. Like, oh. I don't know if people are talking about whoever, but like there's definitely a lot of people are like out to, I don't want to say like not expose half, but yeah. it's definitely like he exposed himself, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but like, where do you fit? Do you, are you with these people I feel like this was this horrible thing or there's this is balance or like where I've I don't know if that's a big question that's but. a great question because uh, I think I'm middle of the road like I don't think Hef was all good or all evil I think he was a very co- complex person um I did watch the secrets of Playboy and A&E. And I also spoke to people that were on the show and they did tell me that it was a place they were meant to feel safe. And a lot of what they said was skewed. So, and taken out of context. And so they didn't feel as safe as they, you know, it was meant to feel on that show. I know the Shannon twins went on that show and a lot of the things I agreed with about Hef and a lot of the ways he that he behaved. I don't think he realized at the time, like how damaging it was, but there are other things that were really far-fetched, like trying to correlate something in Geneva that some celebrity did to a girl, like all the way back to the mansion to have, like that stuff was a bit far-fetched, but, but a lot of it was true. This can be very conspiracy theory talk, but one thing that I found so interesting that he was very clear and talked about it in interviews, like, that he had cameras in every single room and audio mics. And yes, there were all these famous people and who knows who, you know, and I'm not saying, I don't want to say Epstein because that's a whole like child, da, 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 da. But like the blackmail, like where were these tapes? Where like, what ended up? So you're getting ripping up these photos and you check the storage unit and none of the memorabilia, all that was stolen. Yeah. So did all these, like, were all these tapes of all these people in the mansion for 40 years. I can tell you. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing in the carved wood, there, there's these big flat screen TVs and then other TVs. And then there's, there was this carved wood and there were circle cutouts. And I asked him about that. I'm like, why are there circle cutouts up there? Like, was there something broke? Or he goes, no, no, no. That's where we used to have the cameras. That's where we used to film. And I, I said, oh, like, what would you film? like sex you know sex of course (laughs) okay like group sex lots yeah yeah everything I'm like oh okay and then yeah I'm curious what did you what did you do with it where are all those tapes and he said when the when sex tapes first started coming out like Pam and Tommy and all those tapes he had them dumped into the ocean 
So supposedly he took all the tapes. He had Joe Piastro, head of security, take them to the ocean and dump them. That's, I mean, the liability, I could almost see that being so if one of them got out. Like, could it yeah. like, bankrupted the... Yeah, so he was smart to do that, for sure, instead of just, like, keeping them. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> wild to think about. <laughs> because they'd just be on, like, a, in, like, a top drawer next right. to the photos. Yeah, yeah like right. you said. So <laughs> how did... Holly wasn't there when you were there, right? That was, like, she just left. The girls next door just ended... It was kind of at the height of its pop culture moment, right? It was right after that? Or is yeah. that about the timeline? Yeah, I think the twins moved in as Holly, Bridget, and Kendra were moving out. And I remember seeing like piles of Holly's shoes like by the sink in the bathroom. So I think she was on her way out. She just started dating Chris Angel. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was just... Three out, three in, pretty right. much. And we started filming for Girls Next Door season six almost immediately. I wasn't really asked to do it. I wasn't compensated. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was hard. And one of the first things they had me say was, uh, I'm not the new Holly. Holly's the old me. So immediately she made her not like me. Right. Um, yeah, it was hard. They they definitely put pit girls against each other. I I think there's so much drama with Holly that, we're still not friends, mm-hmm. but I hope that we can become friends. It seems like you guys have so much in common and that there's a life that you've both lived so deeply that you would really be an asset to each other. Yeah, I believe that too. You're so right. So I hope whatever differences, I mean, there's no reason not to like each other. We should just get along. Right. Do you think that part of it was because she wanted to marry half or do you think that it was more of the tv show i don't know i think they probably felt replaced but that wasn't my idea um and they all chose to leave they all chose to leave so it wasn't like they got kicked out and wanted to stay it was like we're all moving on with our lives and on a different path and okay how do we fill this space yeah they were over it and maybe because of the marriage thing People say, oh, it may, it's because Hef made you a playmate and never made her a playmate or things like that. But like, I'm 37. Like, I don't care anymore yeah. about any of that stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't make her a playmate. She's so beautiful. She was t- like, I know they did the three, right? So yeah, that they must did, have been they a did whole shoots thing. all together. But I, yeah, I it do remember. It must have been a power thing. Like, yeah, and have said really negative things yeah, about like, Holly, the way Holly looked. And I, like, I think... You don't test well or something. Else. Yeah, he's like, you, look, camera, you right? look more like a porn star than a playmate. Like, stuff like that's really, really mean. And not true, I feel like. And also, yeah, like, I mean, he porn knows stars the brand best, are but... very successful millionaires now, so... Yeah, I think even... Holly's one of the most beautiful. Yeah. Like, she would have been a great... She's gorgeous. And I do think... Yeah, back then, just like you're saying, if you, you said, oh, someone was in porn or someone was a stripper or something, like it was such a negative thing back then. It was so negative. And I don't know why Hef saw that as such a negative thing. When all he did was make pornos every day. Yes. <laughs> right? He's, he's I mean, I was naked in the magazine having group sex with like whatever, like yeah. random people. I'm like, 
Shout out Amber what? in the book. Amber <laughs> Shout is your out Amber. Amber. Man. I was like, you wow, what a good friend. You know, I really don't want to do this by myself. Um, Amber, can you come by? Today? She is just, I try to get her on my podcast and she's like, can we do this without my face? Can we distort oh my, my voice? But she's, Is she ever a public playmate? She's one of my best no. friends. She, she, there are public photos of her with Hef. Oh, she's yeah. very in the book I'm like no that's a ride or die thing <laughs> <I know. laughs> he's like in the book like I really don't want to be doing this by myself like, I didn't want to <laughs> Holly Holly really did Holly like wanted to be just alone with Hef yeah and the times when I'm like alone with Hef where he starts like trying to like get sexy or something I'm like yeah. this is weird like I don't want to do this by <laughs> myself <Tap, tap. laughs> no the M&M's M&M's well, how do... yeah. did you guys go to movie night or just a party no mm. I think we were invited to one movie night and didn't go or something. I was I, also a little I wasn't nervous. Invited to yeah. anything. All the normal people just came for like a party and yeah. then every once in a while. And it was different. Like when we went, I think one was sponsored. One was right after us on the cover. And we thought we were going to like a real party, but it was put on by some random yeah, no company. No playmates were there. They were like, yeah, Karma something Foundation. like that. And like there were no playmates yeah, like there at all. Fake playmates. No famous they, people. they had to hire them to be there yeah. for those. Yeah. Hef wasn't even there at that one. Those parties were such a lie. You could have a party yeah. there as long as it was tied to a charity. You could rent that's out the playmates. That's, that's what yeah. it was. And it was all bullshit. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. but they would just pretend to just have these parties and like barely anything would go to a charity. And then we went to the one Halloween and thank God for you and the Shannon twins because I could use like the bathroom inside Aww. and we had access. But one of his sons was like really intense about the cabana and like being in there or not. And it wasn't Marston. What's his name? Cooper. Cooper. And Cooper was like so serious and like, no, you can't be in this cabana and I'm sitting here and this and that. And I was like, okay, that was Cooper. I don't even care. I'm just in like here I for know, a few I didn't photos. care either, and I lived there. Was he that <laughs> way to you? Yes, and him and my mother would get in fights about the cabana. So Hef okay, and I was like, "Must make you feel better." <laughs> yeah, don't like, worry yeah. about it. He would get mad I'm at on my. I'm invited. <laughs> he would get mad at my 60 year old mom for being in there. So yeah, my mom Hef would tell my mom, "Yeah, you and your friends." My mom would have a friend or two at the party, feel all special, and yeah, you guys can stay there once we go up. And we go up, and Cooper's like, "Get out of here." Well, your mom loved that Hef was her son-in-law, right? Oh yeah, my gosh, she would book. tell everyone like, "Oh my she gosh, a, my son-in-law." Son I'm like, really "You could be sweet. your grandfather, yeah. mom. Stop it." It's so nice that she was really <laughs> supportive. It feels like it would have been really challenging to have a mom like not be supportive of that lifestyle. Yeah, I grapple with that. So I'm like, oh, you let me go um, there. But at the same time, she said, you were 21. You would have done whatever you wanted right. anyway. Right. That's a tricky so. age for moms, right? Like you yeah. have a child, but you don't have a child and you want to help support them. But that seems like a hard. That, yeah, that's also what I was saying, because you get you start watching this documentary and you hear everyone's hating on this whole thing. And then the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, obviously, the edit looks like these parties look so fun everyone is adult. Like once you're an adult, like I know, you know, you get caught up in things, but it sounds like you, he, he wasn't like holding people hostage. You know, they're not like you have a choice. So it's like this weird yeah. balance of like, yeah, it's strange, but it's, I don't know. It's like, I'm not saying he's like that. Like you said, it's it a is, middle ground. It it's just strange. this weird. Yeah. Cause you're like, what is this force that is keeping me here or, and then, you know, you start going, I've been in therapy for five years. I'm like, okay, Stockholm syndrome, you know, a little bit of arrested development from being there. And, and then you start 
it got to the point, like I was a multimillionaire and I was still living there and I could leave at any point. I didn't need him for anything financial, roof over my head, anything. And I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I can't leave him. Like he needs me. And this is when he's getting older and I just... Oh, is that a fire alarm? Um, this uh, is yeah. Ooh, never happened. Hey, Hef. It's like stop talking. Thank you. Stop talking. She shit. said the tapes are in the ocean. I said thank you for the cover. She's like okay. you should. He's like you should have been naked in it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I have two. Our, our readers. Oh, and that was interesting. That he was uh, like obsessed with Marilyn. Not Marilyn. Who's the psycho killer dude? Manson. Who's the not oh. the singer? Oh. Did you see that in the documentary? Said he like had all the tapes. Yeah, and he I was thought so... that was interesting. But you were you were going to talk about Marilyn. I think he was more obsessed with Marilyn for sure. Oh, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah did you did you read the part where it talks about? Um, Hope you didn't rip up any of the photos of her because those would have been worth millions of dollars. Photos. She never got paid a dime for being in the magazine. Wow! And, she, and the first issue was her. That's what made Playboy. Created Playboy. You know what's wild is my this guy I follow up posted. He's like, anybody who wants to know anything about Martin Luther King, I said this was one of the best interviews, and it was in Playboy magazine. I was like, dang, he was getting Martin Luther King. Yeah, he did a lot for for that. Like he did a lot for civil rights. He um paved the way for a lot of things. Like that's a good good thing about him. It seems also like in the beginning we were talking about it through the documentary that a lot of women felt like they were part of a sexual revolution. At that time, like I can be naked and I can show my body. And so that was interesting part of the documentary that I saw too from some of the women. Yeah. And I think my own personal opinion on that is Playboy and the whole thing is supposed to be this like sexual freedom and expression and all of this stuff. But I had never felt more trapped in my entire life than I did at the Playboy Mansion. So for me personally, it went against everything that he stood for, like the way he treated his girlfriends and wife. Worse than uh, Jordan? I feel like he sounded pretty trapped <laughs> in the book. You see the book, you sounded pretty, it's just like, how close to Jordan, you know? <laughs> that was a weird situation. Do, do we want to get into it? Yeah, it's in the book. Okay, it's so into for, it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's for it. our listeners, while you were with Hefner, you meet Dr. Phil's son. Dr. Philson, who I if, at first wasn't attracted to at all. I'm like, oh, you know, uh-huh. you're like, oh, don't judge him because he's Dr. Philson. I'm like, oh, you know, D-list Dr. Phil. I like, I didn't think anything of it. It's just like daytime TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much money he makes. He's like, a billionaire. We had no idea. Yeah, yeah he makes like hundreds and yeah, hundreds of a year. It's crazy. Um, well, but- <laughs> Yeah, fast forward. I, it's so funny that you went broke trying to get him better gifts than his mom was getting. And then we're like, why did you do this? He's got a black card. The black card, the mom, like, oh my gosh. She has a whole like sh- try on dressing room, like where she tries on. Okay, so they they bring like every purse from like Louis Vuitton the season or whatever. And she picks the one she wants and all the rejects go back to the store. And... People were telling me, oh, get his mom this, get his mom that. I'm like, whatever I get her, it's going to be something she's rejected. <laughs> so it was it was weird, that whole situation. And Dr. Phil has shows about enabling children and you shouldn't enable your kids while his son is trashing hotel rooms and like throwing daddy's Amex to, to clean up his mess. So it was it was an, a nightmare. It really was. Um, 
Hopefully so he's grown up now. <laughs> was that before you were engaged to Heifer after? It was after. It was after I called it called it off. You and I did our appearance yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. And then I was dating Jordan. And it seemed like you were so hurt in the book when you thought he gave you this like positive speech or whatever. And then you overhear him at the whiskey or whatever. And he's like, oh, my son bagged a playmate. And yeah. it just... You were like, oh, the one person that had validated me, or, you know, not one, but like somebody. And then yeah. he just, just took that from you and just made you feel like yeah. such a type Someone of way. Someone you thought you could maybe trust. But everyone has an agenda, I think, especially in Hollywood. So <laughs> you made it out of that one. So it could be Surviving Playboy and the McGraws, right? And, and the, the McGraws. The I, think he's, I think he's happy, married or... Yeah. They do great some, TikToks. With, someone, uh, with some, yeah. With, uh, I think they're perfect for each other. They look like they're having a blast they, shopping. How <laughs> you find your person? There you she go. Has great outfits. Um, so what made you decide to break off the engagement? And then what made you decide to go back? Um, I think it was the contract with a show they were starting to film that had to do with the wedding. So I got word that Lifetime was going to film a special called Marrying Hef. And Hef and Kevin Burns, the producer of The Girls Next Door, were going to make $800,000 for this two-hour special on Lifetime, Marrying Hef. And Hef brought this agreement into the vanity, the little area that I had. And it was like a talent fee of $2,500. And I knew that he was making $800,000. And I, I told him... You know, I'm not expecting half, but I'm going to be the one going to Flower Mart. I'm going to go picking the dresses, doing all the things, meeting all the people that I don't even want to do anyway. I'm introverted and I don't like any of that stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe. And I've never asked him for anything. And at that time he said, what are you in this for? You know, I was thinking maybe like 10,000 or some, something to make me feel a little bit more worthy. And he said, what are you in this for? And it made me just feel disgusting and like, oh, all the media shit people are saying about Gold Digger and all that, just bleh. like, no, that's not me. And so I I kind of ran out. And that's when security was saying, Hef uh, called down to the security booth as I was coming down. I could hear him on speaker. And he said, if Crystal tries to leave, detain her. So I'm like, whoa. Like, I, I didn't leave. But I'm like, this is a place like Hef doesn't even want me to go out the gate. And that's that's the point where I started being friends with Jordan. And Jordan said, oh, come talk to my dad. And I wow. went up to Dr. Phil. Ooh, that's a good hand. You're a 25-year-old wow. woman. You uh, shouldn't be staying there. And I snuck out and went to hang out with you in Vegas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was the weekend. I know. And oh I didn't realize gosh. that it was meant to be that day. Oh, my god. So it, it kind of looked bad in the media how it was like, oh, Crystal's partying in Vegas instead of. Getting married to a 90-year-old. This, this, <laughs> I don't know they, made, they try to make Hef seem. Like, oh, sad old man jilted by his bride. Oh, I'm not sure yeah, too I many people think... read into that one. He yeah, controlled the narrative I... for so long that now I'm like, okay. <laughs> See, we saw the other side of it too, where people were like, good for Crystal being out, yeah. having a girls weekend, oh. you know, like it. Yeah, I don't know too many I... people were like, oh, what a mean young girl. <laughs> that old like, well, I had a lot of fun and I had, yeah. I had fun and I, sometimes I look at the photos from that day. I do too. I'm like, yeah. that was one of the best moments. That was so yeah. fun in Vegas. That was such yeah. a like moment of time of just being in Vegas and being able to be out and yeah, have being fun. Yeah, like young and, and totally like at the, your right. prime. And yeah. Did you go back to school? Are you going back to school? 
I want to. Yeah, I want to. Um, I want to help other people and be a psychologist. Finally, you'd so, be great. Thank you. Are you? I don't know about glad, but if you look back, would you have rather been married to young Hef or the old Hef? Um, old Hef for sure. I think. I was going to say young half was still figuring out who he was, but I think old half was too. I think he was just a little boy that never really grew up, but he was definitely more tame when I was around. And I think, I think that's important. I wouldn't have been able to be there otherwise. Yeah, it at, seems... the, at the level, did he tell you these stories? Like, where did, do you know? Oh yeah. I would ask him everything. I would be like, did you have sex with this person? Did you have sex with this? I, you know, I loved him. I, I wouldn't say I was in love with him. I'm like, this person can't be in love with me. He wants other people in the bedroom. Like that's not love. You know, it wasn't reciprocated very well. He loved me the best way he knew how, but I did feel comfortable asking him everything. I'm like, did you have sex with Pam Anderson? Did you have sex with Jenny McCarthy? And it's like, no. Like, did you want to? Yes. <laughs> so so there is yeah. the theory in the doc that you took, oh, that's Playmate of the Year, not to be on the cover, but it was like implied that if you want to be Playmate of the Year, you had to have sex with them. Some people went up there to have sex with them to just in try and be a Playmate. And sometimes it worked. So why not try it, I guess? No yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. How How was it stepping into that world? Because it seems like, so foreign, right? Like before, did you have just regular boyfriends? Was it ever anything like, okay, I can also hook up with girls? Like how, how does that Yeah, it was. Work? I definitely was more attracted to the girls than I was half because, you know, he's in his 80s at that point. Um, I just had regular boyfriends before then. I had a boyfriend all through high school that was you know, just my best friend. So I knew uh, what, Diego. Oh, that was uh, Greg. Greg. So Greg. Greg and sorry. yeah, I met Diego my last year at okay. the mansion. Mm. So it overlapped, but that's fine. That's hey, that's good. Just, so <laughs> but good. I knew what real love was, and I knew that that wasn't it. Um, I've been having a hard time with dating since the mansion, and I think it's because of what I went through there. Yeah, but it's get, it's getting better. I, I met someone Yay! recently that's very nice and kind and normal, caring, has a job. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been being, I've been like the sugar mama lately i'm like no 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 no. i'm like you're bossing yeah. me around and all this stuff and manipulating me and this time i'm paying the bills i'm like this is way worse so so when people meet you they must know who you are do, do most people um, most of the guys i like it when they don't but some people are like oh i i saw the last name uh i didn't know if you're maybe like the granddaughter or right. <laughs> daughter or some way related um, some people now don't even know who Hef is, surprisingly. Some younger. That's what I literally said before you got yeah. it. I was like, this whole TikTok generation, they don't even know what the Playboy Mansion is. They don't know the power of what a Playmate meant. And it's coming from a guy's perspective that I never, like, I know it's like, I never judged. Like, I was thought I was like, you were cool. Like, I didn't think, oh my gosh. Like, I never looked at Playmates like they were less that it like it didn't wasn't not cla like for me personally yeah. I never was like oh that's a distasteful like it seemed yeah. like this hard thing to like be one of twelve of these nude models like in the whole world so I, I don't know if I was just a, a fan okay. it was you know? prestigious I you mean know, it, like, it it really was like it, I think so I would see Playboy's when I was a teenager and I thought wow these women are powerful they have the world at their feet like I want to be just like them. 
then once you're them, you're like, eh, not so much. You one manifest of our it. young yeah. former employees, uh, who's you know hip social media person, Kate, she collects these old Playboy magazines, and I always think like, wow, like she thinks they're like art. You know, she's putting them up. I'm like, so there is that where they're like almost. It's yeah. just a weird thing because there's a lot of negativity now. Like there's people just like trying to burn it down, and I felt not bad but having marston on like it's like he's just caught up in this middle of this like you know my dad did so much good he felt but now it's like just feels like everyone's just burning yeah burning it down and hef's not here to defend that's very true that's very true he's not here to defend um but in some some parts i feel like oh he's also not here to you know get in the way of my truth because I was controlled for so long. I'm like, finally, I'm not controlled and I can speak. Um, with Marston, I think it was hard for him. I think it was hard for for him to be Hef's son when most of the time Hef's more concerned with the girls. You know, that's hard to grow up with. I I just think it was a weird situation with a complex person. And he did he did do a lot of good and changed a lot of laws. And... He has the scrapbooks. There's 3,000 scrapbooks. So many of them are like, you know, world leaders and all these crazy articles. And you can watch over time just the world changing and shifting just through Hef's scrapbooks. I mean. Did you ask him what world leaders had sex with playmates? (laughs) No, but there's stories like uh, lots of celebrity stories, not necessarily world leaders. Start dropping the tea. I know Trump was there a lot. There were a lot of photos of Trump in the the gallery, the hall. And there's also Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had like the, his arms like this with a playmate sitting on like each arm. And I remember the stories of him coming to, to, to visit and they would ask him like, they would ask the girls like, Oh, anybody want to like have sex with Arnold tonight? And girls would be like, Oh, I will. Like, oh. like that's how it was back then. It's weird. And <laughs> it definitely could not be repeated. Um, also they would say it was Jack Nicholson's drive through because of the kitchen, the restaurant style kitchen. Like he would order food and then just drive through, pick it up and leave. Like that's how open and generous and giving Hef was. So that is a positive thing about him. Like, he opened his house I mean, and... to the biggest movie star. I, like, well, I, feel like, soon I was like, I feel Jack, like... if you're listening, I will make you a burrito any freaking day. <laughs> but he was, he was generous and he involved a lot of people in his life. And, and at the same time, most of the girls, it was it a consensus that a lot of the girls felt trapped or whether they're just like a few that actually lived there or some could come and go? Like what was the girlfriend? Um, the did girlfriends... all the girlfriends live there? Yeah, we all had to follow the rules. And it was disguised as a schedule, I think, because movie night was at 6 p.m. when I was there. I'm like, so I have to be in by 6, like mostly before. Oh, Heidi's dream. Before dark. <laughs> now, <laughs> now you can live in this mansion real quick. Bedtime at night, sir. Thank you. I know. Heidi's like horrible. <laughs> but it's like, imagine that, but you're not like in your own house. You're like right. just, it felt like I was forever visiting and somewhat some somebody's house and so you said you were like more attracted to the women but did that initially did you have to build that up because you were like uh i don't like or were you always did you have things with women before or did you Um, create before was just random like when you're drinking and hanging out with your friends like silly like 
college stuff, but um, no, not really. It, just being at the mansion, I'm like, okay, I would rather look at these people than than him. But um, yeah, I mean, I date I date men now. So, <laughs> and so when you, from your perspective, what percentage of like women in this house were like, I'm down to just have sex versus like I'm doing this because you think they were like on some like next level mind like control agenda or gen- like or they're just like i'm just i like partying and uh i think 99 percent of it was an agenda and for money or something and then maybe one percent <laughs> i saw a, a woman named amanda she has a podcast that just came out and she's like, I just wanted to go up there to have sex. And Crystal didn't want me up there. <laughs> she's like, I just wanted to sleep with him. Come on, I'm not a threat. I'm like, okay. She's like the, the one. Yeah, but because because I was always feeling threatened by everyone, you just never knew. Like, I'm sorry, Amanda. Like, I would have had you up more often. Like, you oh, my been, gosh. You would have been Amber's best friend. The triple A. Double A. Yeah. Oh, so my gosh. That is... And then when you say you saw them as a threat, just because you had worked now so hard to like, now I'm part of this, I'm like, was it a mind thing now? Like what threat? Like, Yeah, just feeling like you're on the chopping block that you could be replaced at any moment. You know, it is just a revolving door of like blonde, beautiful women, right? It's just like, I could, you just feel you could be replaced at any minute. Um, but after we got married, that kind of changed, so... I love in the book, once you come back and you're like, I'm secretly studying business and I'm doing crypto and I'm starting LLCs. Like you're like the secret little like business, like hustler behind this, you know, um, do you sometimes wish you'd started that? Like right when you met him on the deal or um, you couldn't maybe. Really I was have still, Yeah, I was, I was still getting my footing, but by the time I left, I had eight houses between West Hollywood and Malibu. So I was just the shy one that hid and it, it was this ultimate payback in the back of my mind when girls are showing up with like their Louboutins and their Chanel bags and their new Range Rovers. And I'm like, Oh, I just bought a house and a condo and another house. And yeah, I, I, I remember buying my first Chanel bag and I'm like, this did nothing for me. And then I started getting into real estate while I was still the mansion, I did it all in secret. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I I don't know what that was, like what that drive was, but I'm so grateful. And he let you do that or was no, that your own? I didn't tell him anything because I thought if I would tell him that I'm doing that, then he would think that I'm trying to be away from him yeah. or maybe I'm going to be going to meet guys at houses. Or, yeah. I don't know what he would think. So I set up an LLC and it was all secret. My name's not tied to it. It was like tied to my attorney's name. And yeah, I just behind the scenes. It was my way of like kind of getting back at the situation and just feeling more power in it. Did he give you, so you had like X amount or like how did he not see the money go? It was all, because everything was completely separate. So as I started making money and I would do everything, like I learned how to DJ and I would go to Vegas and it'd be like 7,500 for an hour and a half. And I would do like every Saturday and then the social media stuff, 7,500 for a post. They were paying so much at that time, like the skinny bunny tea, the teeth whitening. And I'm just, you know, the hundreds of thousands turned into millions and I'm just stashing it and stashing it and stashing it. (laughs) That's, that's just what I did. 
And so now I'm, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need to put, make myself feel uncomfortable or anything. And I only want to do what I want to do. And just that freedom is better than anything I can imagine. And now I have my own house and it's the first like real home I've ever had. And yeah, I think this, this, my story is a weird story, but it has a happy ending. And it has so many good, um, like truths and it has so many empowering moments and like you're saying, you know, just to go through it. So yeah, it, it, it is that way maybe to someone else or you feel that way, but from an outside, for me, at least it's like insp- inspiring too. And you have a lot to be proud of and a lot that you have accomplished and to get yourself out of situations and to empower yourself through that. And, to, you know, you're going to go back to school too. And, uh, you know, you're so young still, you have like so much ahead. It might feel like you've lived so much and you have. And at the same time, like you have so much that you are going to do and that you have ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that, I hope there's a lot more ahead, but yeah, I, I hope that the lessons that I've learned that I put in the book for others are helpful. Um, when I first talked to the publisher, I said, this is, I want this to be the book that I could have read when I was 21 before going into the mansion. And at the end, they said, is this the book that you wish you had when you were 21? Have you accomplished that? And I just started crying. I said, I, I have. And and thank you. So, yeah, I'm proud of it. So if yeah. you read the book, would you still have gone to the mansion? or would... Probably not. Wow. I would have done probably something else, something else epic somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Um, and then one last question. So you, and this... We, I could just ask you before, actually, you, you're public about taking your implants out. It's in the book. I'm right? very public about, okay. I try to reverse any surgery that I had before. And I got my implants out. I remember I was one of the first people to talk about it in like 2015 or 16. And there were only two doctors in the country doing explants, both women, both only doing explants. And yeah, that stuff was like stuck on my rib cage. She had open heart surgery tools, just like scraping it off. And I've had friends that have got lymphoma from the, you know, silicone going into their lymph nodes. And um, yeah, I, I've done a lot of research and I've talked to thousands of women that have been sick. And in, a lot of them don't even realize some of their symptoms are related to their implants. And it's hard. It's a, it's a foreign, foreign body, but some people do better with them than others. It's fascinating. I just got mine redone. So I'm like, what else? What if you don't have any problems? <laughs> then the, the brand too, I found that Mentor brand is better than Allergan. A lot of the explants that people I've talked to, they had Allergan. They got I think I just got the Mentors. Please, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you don't, if you're not having like brain fog yeah. or Hashimoto's or like all these crazy aches and pains and fibromyalgia, like if you're... Yeah, you're good. Definitely Sounds a mom like being brain. a mom. <laughs> Wait, is this yeah. your mom uh, X-Men? So do you want kids in the future? Is that something that you um, would like? Yeah, I think so. I, I froze my eggs, so potentially, yeah. And you have lots of time yeah. to choose that. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your stories and your heart and your book and being an advocate for women and changing into such a positive thing. And mm. I'm so excited for you for the place that you're at. And we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. The book is really good. And I don't really like reading. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I, you love reading. Not now that I'm a dad. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>